the Highway 70 route, stopping to speak to citizens along the way. Last night, Trump approved federal aid to Tennessee, including Putnam County. Mayor Randy Porter said the money isn't free, but it will be a huge help. And with all my years in, a, in emergency services, we've done this many times, and it's a very uh, tedious process that FEMA has set up that we have to go through. The amount of paperwork is unbelievable, uh, and we have to follow their protocols and make sure everything's done exactly like it should be. So uh, it's a large undertaking, but uh, it will help. It will help not have to use uh, so much funds of our, of our local tax dollars, and it'd and it be more from the federal level. In most of these cases, 75% of the funds used in the emergency are reimbursed by the federal government. The state of Tennessee, in general, has done 12.5% in the past. That means the local governments are responsible for 12.5% of the total price tag. More progress made today in restoring power. Larry, down to 250 folks still without power. This is Upper Cumberland Electric Membership Corporation customers, and it has slowed down a little bit. Talk to Jimmy Gregory. He is the general manager of UCEMC. He says the reason it's slowing down is because you're replacing, you know, four or five poles, but only picking up two or three members. And you mentioned that they're doing single phase and primary service drops on the south and north side of Echo Valley Pool area, North McBroom Chapel, Punk Whitson. And it's just in beginning, Lyman simply getting tired as well. 15 to 17 hour shifts, he mentioned. He did say, hoping by Sunday that everyone now. You say this, but it's everyone who can have power right now to get them back on. He did say there's some homes that are going to have to be inspected by the state electrician, and um, there is a fee with that. They have been waived because of this storm. So, um, again, the the homes that will need to be inspected uh, electrically, those, those fees for doing that have been waived. Those served by Cookville Electric, just a handful of homes. And, again, a lot of those cases are homes that simply cannot have power restored a volunteer plan put in place today to help those who want to get into the highway 70 corridor both saturday and sunday and for weeks to come you need to go to putnamcountytn.gov and sign up to volunteer this is the first step if you want to volunteer not only over the weekend but in the days to come sign up at putnamcountytn.gov Following the sign-up process, you will be contacted by an assigned team leader to provide you further direction. You should be prepared to either volunteer immediately or be prepared to wait, depending on the need for volunteer placement. Just, I actually went and did this sign-up step, Larry, and so the way I went was I utilized one of those four um, volunteer groups that you can sign up with. And once you do that, you're signed up with that group. And I've already been contacted. I've already been told where to go. The process, uh, much easier, I would imagine, by signing up with those four groups that you have an option of doing. Uh, I just thought that was interesting. Once I did that, in a matter of minutes, I, I know where I have to go and when I have to be there now. The four groups that Rafferty refers to are groups that have a long history of helping in these disasters. They know how to organize volunteer groups. Uh, one of the examples of the groups is Samaritan's Purse, a North Carolina-based company, or a charity, I should say, that uh, started by the son of Billy Graham. They go to these types of events all the time. They know how to get people organized. And so that is one of the ways that you can sign up. You can also sign up uh, just to sign up with the county, and they'll organize you that way. You may also call if you're someone that's not comfortable 
with uh, signing up online, you can call, but the county is quick to tell you it is going to take longer if you call. It is important to remember, and the final step in the process, by the way, is you will have to sign a waiver. Uh, It's important to remember, no one, no one will be allowed in the Highway 70 corridor area tomorrow. And folks, they are serious about this. You are not going to be allowed into this area if you don't follow this protocol. There are a lot of reasons for it, and we've chronicled a lot of those during the course of the week. Let's don't go through that again. Let's talk about it from this standpoint. You have to follow the rules. If you follow the rules, you help the community out from a financial standpoint. Let's put it that way. I mean, if you really get down to the nitty-gritty, it makes the county more organized with the documents they turn into FEMA, and in return, that really will impact the amount of money that your local community has to spend to recover from this storm. And it's the most respectful thing you can do for those that are suffering along Highway 70 is for it not to be a madhouse, as one person described what went on Wednesday. We know all of the uh, intent is perfectly good, but this has to be organized. So again, the three-step process is this. Sign up to volunteer. Go to PutnamCountyTN.gov. There are three ways that you can sign up. You can sign up with the county. You can call the county. Or you can sign up with one of these groups that knows how to do these types of things. You'll follow the sign-up process. You'll be contacted by a team leader who will provide you with further direction. May not be that you're going to be able to volunteer tomorrow. Just going to matter of how many volunteers we have scheduled for tomorrow. But Rafferty said, how long did it take you to get an email back? It was five minutes. Okay. Sign up, email back, know where I have to be tomorrow. Okay. And then you'll have to present your signed waiver release at that location, the one Rafferty's talking about. And I'm sure that's going to vary for different groups. Make sure you have your appropriate workwear, shoes, uh, long work pants, no shorts are allowed, no sandals or flip-flops are allowed. Uh, if you have safety glasses or goggles or gloves, you must uh, bring them if you can. Volunteers must be 18 years of age or older. So that is the volunteer process. And again, let us be clear, you will not be allowed to go in that area under any circumstance if you do not follow this process tomorrow. I don't know any other way to say it, and I feel like I'm preaching, but that's just the way it's going to be. Follow the rules. Follow the rules. We have another service scheduled for one of the victims of Tuesday's tornado, a celebration of life for Leisha Elizabeth Rittenberry, age 28, will take place at Presley Funeral Home Tuesday from 2 until 6 p.m. Putnam County Interim Director of Schools, Corby King, planning to have all schools in session Monday. He said the Board of Education has approved a measure that will assist teachers, faculty, staff, and students affected by the Tuesday tornado. So our school board has approved uh, to allow those teachers uh, an additional uh, some additional time off uh, next week, the five days. Uh, we have spring break the week after next. So the thought is to allow them uh, the five days next week and then spring break to continue to focus on their homes, their family, uh, whatever, uh, if it's relocating, if it's repairing, speaking with the insurance people, whatever needs to happen, clean up around their, their home site. There's just so much that still has to be done. And we want the teachers, and it's not just the teachers, but also the staff members, bus drivers, uh, assistants, 
uh, just our school employees uh, to have next week to continue to focus on uh, taking care of their family. Uh, so the school board is going to pick up the substitutes for those folks and not not charge that against them. You know, any sick time or personal days, the school board has approved uh, for them to have that additional time, uh, paid time, to, to focus on their families. And, of course, many students affected by this, um, homes that there are. still need to be pieced together. And so what is the plan for those students affected by uh, by the devastation? Absolutely. So for those students, and, and we're still making contact and just trying to meet the needs as best we can to assure them that their school and their school family is there for them. Uh, the transportation department is working with them. We know that several of these students have been displaced. Uh, they're going to be in other locations. Uh, we're going to do our best to pick them up. If they're in other parts of the county, they may be in all good since they've been relocated, staying with a friend uh, or a hotel or wherever that may be. But we're going to try to get bus transportation to them and still get them to their school. Uh, some of the uh, area that's closed down, but the homes are still uh, livable, and we've got students in those. We're probably going to have to have pickup points, and the transportation department is working on establishing those uh, in neighborhoods where they can't get a bus but have pick-up points to pick up and drop off the students that live in those areas. And another thing, we know that the home situation, there's going to be a shortage in Putnam County due to the number of structures that are damaged or lost. So some of our students, some of our families may end up having to reside in Overton County, Jackson County, uh, DeKalb Smith, whatever that may be. But we can use the McKinney-Vento Act, which is a homeless act for the students who have been displaced by natural disaster, and those students will still be allowed to attend school in their home school. Uh, they're not going to have to leave because of the county residency policy uh, if they're displaced due to the storm. Uh, they'll still be allowed to come back to Putnam County to their home school, and we want to make sure that families understand that. We want to take care of our students and our families as, as best we can. Really quickly, Corby, before I let you go, um, the mental health sure. side of this is extremely important. And when we're talking about young people, sometimes uh, not easy to cope with something like this. And just for an example, you know, there might be a child in Monterey not really affected by these storms, but affected because a buddy of theirs was impacted. So yeah. w- what's in place in terms of you know, how we help these young people cope with what has occurred uh, just 72 hours ago? Sure. So initially, Rafferty, we're going to have uh, additional counselors and social workers in the schools that took that have the most impact. When we know there's going to be a need, uh, it's go- we, we do anticipate that this is going to overwhelm our school staff, our resources. But every school system around, really, that is touching Putnam County, I have heard from every director in the Upper Cumberland that's offering support, and they're willing to send counselors, send resources. So as we're kind of developing that list, uh, what the principals are going to need, well, and really it's going to be hard to know until we get back to school Monday. Uh, but once we're back in school and we have a clear idea of what the needs are going to be for the students, uh, we're going to reach out to the surrounding counties and ask them to send teams of counselors to assist just to give the students uh, someone to talk to, someone to kind of explain what's going on to deal with the emotional side of things uh, and how it's affected them. And then we'll also be looking at long-term, long-term care. Uh, we do have resources in the community, 
uh, when we can set up uh, long-term counseling type sessions and things for those students if it's needed. Again, the plan now is to reopen the Putnam County Schools on Monday. Putnam County Interim Director of Schools, Corby King. The Twin Lakes Telephone Cooperative, close to restoring all of its main lines for customers. Jonathan West of Twin Lakes says the efforts that began soon after the tornado are now paying off. We've made a tremendous amount of progress. Uh, The team's been very diligent. It looks like if everything uh, continues to to progress as it has been for the last uh, few hours, we should have all of our major lines replaced today. West says the work now will shift to individual customers as they return to the affected areas. In the days to come, we'll begin connecting the businesses that, that don't have power currently or are not really prepared to get connected back just yet. So we'll, we'll be making those additional one-off connections from our main trunk lines to, again, various homes and businesses that, uh, that are not really in a position right now to even need a connection Cookville Regional helping local residents who were cared for at the hospital in the aftermath of the tornado. Hannah Davis is Cookville Regional's marketing and public relations specialist. For patients treated here as a result of tornado-related injuries, we will bill the patient's insurance and will accept that payment as payment in full. Um, We will not bill patients for the remaining portion after insurance is filed. So this will apply to the 82 patients treated as a result of the tornado. Davis says operations getting back to normal at Cookville Regional following a record demand on Tuesday for the hospital. It's 514 as this special edition continues of the Upper Cumberland at 5 as we update you on the events of today and what has gone on to help the community continue the healing process in terms of getting things as close to back to normal as possible. We are awaiting a 515 briefing from city and county officials as to what has been accomplished. Let us remind you quickly that tomorrow we will be out on the roads giving you the chance to sign giant cards to say thank you to our first responders across the Upper Cumberland. Look for us tomorrow morning at the Chick-fil-A Golden Corral parking lot on Interstate Drive from 9 until 11. We'll also be at the Walmart on Jefferson Avenue from 9 until 11. More opportunities during the course of the day tomorrow as we try to say thank you to so many first responders who have contributed so much of their lives the last few days. Let's go to Randy Porter, Putnam County Mayor. Good evening. We have had a very good day in Putnam County today as we recover from the tornado damage of early Tuesday morning. First, let me say we were honored to have President Trump here today. He toured some of the uh, worst damaged area. He spoke with a lot of the families and whose homes were destroyed and, and who lost uh, family members and friends. Governor Lee and our First Lady of Tennessee were also here along with Senator Alexander and Senator Blackburn. His visit was very well received and seen as uplifting to the families. They all were very appreciative of him coming. He also met with several of our first responders, law enforcement, and folks that have been working tirelessly on the scene to assist all of the victims and citizens of our county. I want to personally thank President Trump for coming to Putnam County. Uh, His visit was very encouraging, not only to me and the other elected officials, 
but to the citizens and the families that were, were affected. And for that, we are forever grateful, Mr. President. President Trump also approved our presidential declaration of disaster. This is, opens up uh, FEMA funds to come to our county and our city. Uh, we are very thankful for that. With that declaration, we also were awarded uh, individual assistance as part of the FEMA, de FEMA declaration. Uh, this allows individual families and victims of uh, the disaster to also apply for federal assistance. We will be posting and putting out a media release uh, tonight with information on how people can apply for that. There's multiple ways. You can go to the FEMA website. There's an app that you can download. There's also a telephone number that you can uh, call. I think uh, FEMA's going to be uh, suggesting that you use the app or the website, uh, which is much faster. Uh, we'll also have all that information posted uh, later after this update. Uh, our distribution center is still open for victims of the disaster. It's at 270 Carlin Avenue here in Cookville. It's open from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. And also the South, South Jefferson Avenue Church of Christ uh, has a distribution center that was set up with a lot of supplies, so you can go by there and pick up uh, all kinds of food and water and uh, toiletries and different supplies. Uh, our power companies have had an amazing day today restoring power. As you well remember, uh, Upper Cumberland Electric started out with uh, 5,500 customers without power. Uh, today that has been worked down to only 250. Uh, Coopville Electric has zero customers without power. Uh, Upper Cumberland Electric is still uh, working in the area. Their goal is to try to have power restored to all the uh, customers by Monday morning. Uh, they are working heavily in the South Drive, Bloomington Road, Mockingbird Hill Circle, Plunk Quitson Road, and North McBroom Chapel Road, which were some of the hardest hit areas uh, uh, over the weekend. And they will continue their uh, working night and day to restore the power. We still have 10 people in a Red Cross shelter at the Cooper First Baptist Church. That shelter will remain open as long as we have a need. Our list of unaccounted persons is still at zero. Uh, we have been doing assessment of the damaged constructors as it continued today. Codes officials have been working the area and will continue to work through the area over the weekend. We now have an updated number of over 500 structures that have damage. 32 of those are commercial. We know that there are 120 homes that have been totally destroyed. And we also know that the 80 of those 500 structures that I mentioned earlier uh, have major damage. Uh, insurance companies and agents have been working through the area with uh, residents to try to speed up and work through claims. From what I understood, there may have been as many as 175 of the residences. Uh, claims have already been approved and, and the agents continue to work with those folks. Our landfill has extended hours. From 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., we're going to have that open seven days a week until further notice. Also, our garbage transfer station, it will be open with those same extended hours. We're working with FEMA on our debris plan uh, for removal of debris in the area. Uh, of course, that's for our right-of-ways and, and the city and county streets and roads. Uh, until that is all worked out, uh, we will, our city and county road departments will continue to work clearing the right-of-ways and the roads. 
as far as I know, all the roads are open and passable, although that uh, the, the sides of the roads and, and areas around the roads may, uh, may still have a lot of debris on them, but we will be working on those. Starting tomorrow on Saturday morning, volunteers will be allowed in the area, but this is going to be a very organized process. If you would like to volunteer to come and work, we ask that you go to our website, which is putnamcountytn.gov. That's putnamcountytn.gov. Go to Emergency News, and it will give you all the information about signing up. There will be several different ways for you to sign up, so please go to the website. Uh, we're asking tomorrow morning if all of our property owners in the affected area would try to be on site by 8 a.m. if they can because we do not want volunteers going on to the private property and cleaning up and doing things unless the property owners have approved that. Uh, so we're asking that all our affected residences, uh, if the owners could possibly be on site tomorrow morning, Saturday morning by 8 a.m. before the volunteers actually go in. If you want the volunteers to help clean up your site, all you got to say is yes, go. And if you do not want to, just uh, politely say no, and, uh, and they won't. We know we have several of the areas that uh, folks have not been able to go through the, the debris and be able to uh, try to find personal belongings and photos and all those kinds of things, and, and they're still working in some of those areas. So we don't want to do anything that would hamper those, effect, or those, um, those efforts. Uh, we want our volunteers to be there to help. Uh, and to not to uh, to hinder the area. We know we've already had hundreds of folks that have signed up. We just ask that everyone please understand that we can only allow so many people into the area uh, to be able to be productive tomorrow. And so please don't be offended if you're not chosen tomorrow. But remember, there will be many, many, many more days uh, of this to go on. Recovery uh, will take a while and the cleanup will take, uh, will take weeks. We have had several of our contractors and construction companies that are donating heavy equipment and have been on site uh, in the area. We have had a few problems with some companies going on to individual properties and starting to clean up and uh, have, have upset some of those property owners because they have not had time to go through and pick out those personal belongings. So uh, we have started a process. Uh, starting tomorrow, if you're a company or a contractor that is donating equipment, we ask that you go to the Putnam County Fairgrounds located on South Walnut Avenue. We have a placard system set up that you can get a placard to be able to go into the area. We will be requiring you to give us the information of the homeowner's name and contact information so that we can make sure that you're approved to go into the area. Uh, we are so appreciative of all the companies that are don't wanting to donate uh, equipment to work, but we also want to make sure that we are very protective of our citizens' property and making sure that they do want uh, someone on their property doing the cleanup. Uh, so uh, if all contractors, make sure that you go to the Putnam County Fairgrounds tomorrow uh, if you're needing to go into the area. Also tomorrow, we will not be allowing any volunteers into the area that have not signed up and went through our process. We can't have folks just showing up and going in. Uh, then it becomes unorganized and unproductive. So please, if you're wanting to volunteer, go to the PutnamCountyTN.gov website, sign up, 
you will be contacted when you are needed to go into the area to be able to work. Uh, now I'm going to turn it over to uh, Sheriff Ferris for some updates on curfews and so forth. Sheriff Ferris. Okay. Thank you, Mayor. Good evening. Uh, our curfew will remain in effect tonight <clears throat> from 7 p.m. till 8 a.m. in the morning. Um, the curfew does not apply to uh, family and members who own property in the affected area. I think there was a little confusion on that at, at some point. Highway 70, which is our main thoroughfare uh, through the affected area, will remain closed most likely through at least middle of next week. Uh, law enforcement will continue to make a heavy presence uh, not only at checkpoints and roadblocks, but as well as side roads uh, coming into that area uh, throughout the weekend and most likely through at least the middle of next week. Since uh, yesterday afternoon, law enforcement has made two additional DUI arrests and one drug arrest in the affected area with people driving up to our checkpoints and wanting to volunteer or just coming to see what's going on. Our temporary flight restrictions is now lifted for the area, so that's no longer into effect. Since yesterday afternoon, um, around 2 p.m., when law enforcement knew for sure that President Trump was coming into town, uh, all the local, the local law enforcement as well as the state law enforcement has worked tirelessly uh, yesterday and around the clock throughout the night to uh, work with Secret Service to make that happen. Uh, it was certainly an honor to do so. It was peaceful and a safe visit, which we all wanted. Uh, and uh, in one way or another, uh, while President Trump was here, he uh, visited with almost every uh, first responder that, that has been down there working. It was certainly a, a visit and a lift that was needed. Uh, be glad to take any questions on anything that I, yes ma'am. Um, I had a question about uh, if schools are scheduled to open on Monday, how is that going to work if Highway 70 That's a good question. <laughs> um, we don't know if they're going to be open yet. We don't, we don't know yet, um, but uh, there'll certainly be contingencies and I know you're from the area so there's certainly ways around Highway 70 so we will uh, figure that out. and. Uh, the law enforcement, uh, sheriff's office, and Cookville police will certainly help that make that happen if we have to go assist in uh, whatever areas that is to make the traffic flow. Do we have any idea of how much the tornado damage costs and how much FEMA could be funded? As far as I know, there's no limit on what FEMA will be funding. Uh, all the disasters that I've worked over the years where we've got federal funding. Uh, it's on a reimbursement process. Uh, they reimburse 75% of our costs, but uh, there's only certain costs that they pay for, so there, there's a list of those. But um, there's there's no limit as far as I know, and we have not been able to estimate yet. We're still in that process of, of how much that's going to be, and, and that could be days yet before we have a good estimate on that. We are keeping up with every one of our expenses, uh, law enforcement, emergency responders, all the cleanup efforts that we have done so far. That comes under a separate section of the FEMA uh, declaration that we are reimbursed for. And then when we start the cleanup process, that's under a separate section and the volunteers under a separate section. So uh, lots of paperwork to keep up with, but uh, total damage is going to be in the millions and and but there's no way yet for us to know exactly how much that is. Mayor, how do you, if you're a homeowner or business owner, 
We are going to put that up on our website, social media, and those things, and put out a media release tonight. Uh, they have an app. They have a website. There's a phone number, and uh, we'll be getting that information out. And then you'll have to contact them and go through the process, and then they'll let you know what you're eligible for. And can you speak to who qualifies? Do you have to have a certain amount of damage? Or it's, it's, it's got to be victims of the tornado, uh, property, belongings, and those kind of things. So you would have to be in the, in the affected area and be one of the uh, damaged areas to be, uh, to be able to, to be eligible. But it's ultimately up to FEMA to make the decision on what, what you're eligible for. That, that's not a local decision. Absolutely. So uh, we counted it up uh, just a few minutes ago. We had no less than 21 <laughs> other agencies, law enforcement agencies, and that is just, I'm just speaking from, from the sheriff's aspect. I know the police department had other police police agencies here as well that, that's not on our list. But so, uh, yes, most of the time what happens is we have the checkpoints and the things to do down in the affected area. And, and so the resources that are coming in is assigned to those spots, and that frees our deputies up to continue to uh, protect and, and keep safe the, the good citizens of this county and answering calls around our area um, and, and manning our uh, command center as well. So uh, that I can't thank those folks enough and all the sheriffs and the police departments and, and police chiefs across the state uh, for doing that. We. Uh, uh, everyone has offered. Uh, we have accepted on at least 21 of those. Uh, Blunt County, Sheriff Barone had sent uh, all the way from Blunt County today 18 deputies that will be with us uh, throughout the weekend. So I can't tell you how huge that is and to help us. Well, what that does is uh, it, it makes them to get back on the normal shift. So we work 12-hour shifts here uh, in this county. Uh, and so uh, they're allowed to get back on the shift. They're still on call, but they're they're not uh, on call with four hours of sleep. And that that was what was going on before. Uh, the first 24 hours, no one slept. So. Uh, Each one of you able to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the president? Can you uh, share just a few more what you may have exchanged? Well, yes, I got to talk to him for a couple of minutes. I I didn't get to travel with him as the mayor did, but uh, uh, very nice. Uh, very nice man, uh, very concerned, uh, very sympathetic. Uh, we certainly uh, wish he had been able to come here on a, a different circumstance, but uh, the, the uplifting was needed. But uh, certainly he was genuine about why he was here. I was able to, to, to tour with, with President Trump and go to some of the damaged uh, areas and and, and we had several conversations. He has a huge heart, and, and it showed today when he was talking to the families of one of the hardest hit areas. We were in the area off North McRoom Chapel Road where I think eight or nine people were killed in, in one area there in one subdivision. A lot of those families showed up today to be there uh, to see him, and, and, you know, he was shaking hands and hugging those folks and, and, and listening to their stories. and. Uh, and, and it was it was very uplifting to that community, and they were all very thankful. 
um, and, and he assured us that we had the full power of the federal government to, to work with us. And, and I have to say, uh, we have had no issues whatsoever so far with state or federal government working with us. It's been a great team effort. Um, you know, our, our county has been in this search and rescue uh, mode uh, for the last several days since the tornado hit Tuesday morning. It's been de very devastating. Uh, we've been in mourning for all the loss of life. Uh, there comes a point, a turning point, uh, when you start the recovery process and we start rebuilding and we start moving forward. Uh, I think that process started today. And I think President Trump uh, brought that to, to Putnam County. And I think his encouragement uh, was very uplifting to everyone. <coughs> and, uh, and I think as we go forward now, we start recovery and rebuilding and mending. And that doesn't mean that we don't still mourn the loss of all those people, the loss of lives and the loss of property, uh, but we have to we have to rebuild and we have to recover. Uh, and so I think today was that start. One other thing I want to want to talk about is our is our donations. We have been totally overwhelmed with donations, truckloads of all kinds of supplies and food and water and and but I have to say that it's getting to a point that we're about to be maxed out uh, with storage space to be able to store this. Uh, we had a, one of our local businessmen, Mr. Gary McNabb, has donated a 25,000 square foot warehouse that we're setting, started setting up today to be able to help store more of this stuff. But uh, we're asking everyone that if you please would call us, email us, or, or message us before <laughs> you send anything to make sure that we have room for it. The one thing we don't want to do is take food and supplies here that we're not going to be able to get out to the people. It's not going to be needed, and it could be used somewhere else. Uh, so we don't want to be selfish in, in that aspect. We want to make sure we've got enough for our citizens to be able to take care of them. Uh, we have put out a truckload after truckload to the citizens. But please contact us and use that email address, help now at PutnamCountyTN.gov, someone will respond to you. And if it's something that we can, that we need or that uh, they can uh, use or we can house and store that we know, know we're going to need over the next uh, few days or weeks, uh, we're happy to accept it. And we're very appreciative. But please contact us before uh, that you, um, before you send donations. We'd, we'd be very helpful. Also, our account, uh, Cooper Putnam County Tornado Relief Fund. Uh, the last uh, word that I got early this afternoon was nearing $200,000, which is absolutely amazing, being that we just set that up yesterday. Uh, we are so appreciative, and words cannot express our gratitude to everyone that is donating, whether that be uh, financial, whether it be fun, uh, supplies, food, all the many things, the, the outpouring to our, from our community. And also from around the state and around the country has been absolutely amazing. And there's just not words that I can speak uh, that can tell you how grateful we are to everyone that has uh, that has poured out to our community. It's uh, it's just it's been absolutely un unbelievable. I also ask that you remember our families in prayer that will be holding funerals that are starting this weekend, um, and, and that's going to be a difficult time. Uh, we've got a lot of, it's going to take some time to, uh, to work through this and, and our hearts and prayers go out to all those families that, that are going through that uh, this weekend. 
uh, other questions. Will there be a memorial service for the countywide once you get past this? Will there be one service that we can all be a part of? We're talking about that and looking to uh, to set that up. We had a, a vigil at the <coughs> courthouse the other night just immediately following that. But, yes, that's something we're talking about uh, of having something where that we're looking for someplace to hold that out, whether it be at Tennessee Tech, at the Hoop, or, or one of the other uh, large churches or somewhere to hold it at. Yes, that's uh, that's something we're looking at. And we have a lot of folks that uh, our community is very close-knit. Uh, a lot of these folks that lost their lives were our friends, uh, family members, uh, acquaintances, and people that we know we even had one of our city workers. Uh, so, yes, uh, we'll be trying to schedule something once we get past this weekend and, and try to try to get uh, a lot of the recovery on, you know, get into the full force of that now as we start to recover and rebuild. I'm sure you expected a strong response from the community, but with the number of volunteers and now having to, you know, create storage space for all this, I mean, has it been even more than you would have realistically? Absolutely, uh, and, and I think the sheriff would echo I am so proud to live in Putnam County. Uh, it has been unbelievable uh, at the outpouring of, from our citizens and, and, and our businesses and everything they've done. But it doesn't stop there. Uh, all across the state, we've had people across the country, I had people contacting me from California and New Mexico and, and states all across the country uh, wanting to send donations. We've had companies from all over the country uh, that are donating and, and sending stuff in. Uh, absolutely uh, awesome and amazing. And, and like I said, there's just not words that can express our gratitude for the outpouring that we've seen, Sheriff. That is true. Uh, it, it's all over, not just, uh, uh, as Mayor Porter said, the, the supplies, but law enforcement as a whole and first responders have reached out uh, people that I've known in my last 32 years of uh, law enforcement um, <clears throat> field, uh, as far as Oregon and, and everywhere, wanting to help and willing to send and, and coming to help and uh, financial or uh, whatever the case may be, but it, it's it's really been everywhere. It's been touching actually. It's it's uh, it's been special uh, to see uh, that kind of uh, uh, support and. We always know that law enforcement has a, a family. Uh, we feel like we are a family. It's more of a calling than it is a job, so it, it is a family. But, um, you know, people are calling and willing to send help and whatever from uh, everywhere. We, we don't know a lot of them, so it, it's, it's touching, really special. The Cobble Putnam County Animal Shelter uh, is, has been working with those. We also had a company that was looking at bringing in uh, a trailer uh, to be able to help house some of those pets. I know they've been overwhelmed, but uh, we're trying to take care of those the same as we are our citizens. And so if anyone has a need there, make sure you contact the, uh, the, the Cobble Putnam County Animal Shelter. Like people that can go, can they go and just, you know, Play with them, love them. Oh, absolutely. Them, but, you know. Animal shelter is open during the week and end on Saturday, I know. I think it's closed on Sunday, but something on Saturday. They're always looking for volunteers and they're looking for folks that will come in and, and help do as you say. And uh, so, yes, please contact them if you're interested. Any other questions? 
Uh, as of right now, we do not have another press briefing scheduled. We'll do that as a, on an as-needed basis. We'll notify you if we have something come up that, that we need to notify you of. We'll be putting out uh, media releases uh, during the day tomorrow as, as, as things go on. Should we have something major come up, though, we will notify you uh, in enough time to, to be able to do another briefing. Any other questions? If you'd like to uh, see some of the media coverage, I know a lot of you have been covering President Trump's uh, visit to Putnam County today. I know our local PBS station, WCT, uh, did some special coverage. They're going to be airing on social media and eventually on their uh, channel for our local residents here, so you can be able to go out and, uh, and look at that. Thank you so much for all the media coverage that we've received to be able to help us get the message out to our citizens. It has made a huge difference, and uh, we are very, very appreciative of that. Thank you. Thank you. County Mayor Randy Porter, Sheriff Eddie Ferris, wrapping up uh, the day uh, in what has been called a very productive day. In fact, Randy Porter termed it as a turning point toward recovery day. Uh, much of that credit goes to President Trump's visit, which was called very uplifting and encouraging. The uh, power numbers really, Rafferty, I, I, I think they're amazing when you consider that there were 5,500 people uh, through Upper Cumberland Electric that lost power after the tornado hit, and that number now is down to 250. Okay. Yep, and I think that has a lot to do with 15, 17-hour um, shifts when we were talking yeah. to uh, – Jimmy Gregory, who's the uh, general manager for UCMC, he said that's what they were working and really haven't stopped uh, since they started this whole process of getting folks back online and just kind of recapping that power um, issue. It's moving slowly now because what they're putting up, even if it's four to five poles, they're only picking up two to five people or two to five homes. So it's a very slow process. And, of course, there are some homes out there that just can't receive power. And so you have to think about that as well. Uh, South Drive, the Mockingbird Hill area, Pluck Winson, Pluck Whitson, uh, some of the areas that they are working on and will plan to work on during the weekend. Red Cross Shelter will remain open until further notice. They updated the numbers on the damage, 500 structures damaged, 32 of those are commercial structures, 120 homes totally de destroyed, 80 of those uh, homes with major damage. Uh, curfew will be in effect again tonight and then really until further notice, 7 until 8. Again, that does not apply to property mm -hmm. owners. Two DUI arrests, one drug arrest in the area today. Mm. Boggles the mind. Yep. The FAA flight <laughs> restrictions <laughs> have been lifted in the area. More than $200,000 has already been donated to the Cookville Putnam County Tornado Relief Fund. That also boggles the mind in the other good way. Uh, but you can continue to do that. Gravity, let's mention the, was it, five ways that we can we can donate, correct? Yeah, well, you got 19 branches of the Bank of Putnam County, uh, Venmo at Cookville Putnam County Tornado, PayPal. You can also text Cookville Help to 41444. That's text Cookville Help to 41444. And the fifth way is by visiting the Putnam County TN.gov website, the main website for Putnam County. And just also, if you're wanting to volunteer, you also go to that website. Let's recap the, that part of the story, and that's going to be a big part of the weekend. But uh, Randy Porter was, uh, I think, even more adamant than I was. <laughs> I was feeling a little guilty, but 
got to follow the protocol. They are not going to allow people into this area if you do not go through the system. So go to PutnamCountyTN.gov, get signed up. They can only allow so many people in at a time. And we talked about the whole idea of being respectful to homeowners. And uh, Randy Porter made the point that there are many homeowners in the area who have not yet had a chance to go through the debris searching for pictures and toys and mementos and all of those kinds of things and that has a huge impact on these folks that have gone through this and i don't know if we'll hear this later in the broadcast but i spoke with someone who's gone through a tornado before and has lost a loved one and it dealt with the with the with the debris and losing everything you own and it's having someone come onto your property whether it be destroyed or not and take something of yours is a devastating feeling to someone. even if they're if they're doing it for all the right reasons right it's it's, it's just it's a violation These of people are you already feel violated right dealing with so much already and um, those there are things in there of value again uh to that point property owners being asked to be on site by 8 a.m <clears throat> to approve cleanup on their property. So if you are a property owner in the Highway 70 corridor, you're being asked to be on your property, if possible, by 8 a.m. tomorrow to approve the cleanup. We have plenty more information, everything from insurance to how you can get things recovered off a computer that was damaged in the tornado. That's all still to come on this expanded edition of the Upper Cumberland at 5. It's 546 Sponsored by SNR Guns with over 200 years of combined experience. Expert gunsmiths and master trainers with a full line of top quality firearms and even pre band weapons and magazines. Shop where the pros go. SNR Guns, 1656 Burgess Falls Road, Cookville. You've seen one gun shop, you've seen them all. Yeah, that's not true. When it comes to firearms, experience counts. And you'll appreciate that experience when you step inside SNR Guns in Cookville. Steve Johnson and Richard Stouter lead a team of four master gunsmiths and three expert firearm machinists. Combined, they've got over 200 years of solid professional experience, more than any other shop. That's how you know all gun shops are not created equally. SNR Guns is a federally licensed Class 3 dealer, authorized to deal with every type of firearm and accessory that can be legally owned in America. Never feel intimidated or pressured. Only feel educated and informed with your trip to SNR Guns. Hunting, sports shooting, professional law enforcement, or personal defense. SNR Guns professional training and assistance keeps you fully legal. Veteran owned and operated SNR Guns on Burgess Falls Road in Cookville with convenient layaway. Call 537-6862. That's 537-6862. And read all the reviews on Facebook. Experience counts. SNR Guns. <coughs> When your eyesight is fine, it's easy to take it for granted. When it's not, it affects every aspect of your life. Ask Dr. Shepard or Dr. Koble about OrthoK at Huddleston and Shepard Family Vision. It's likely you've never heard of OrthoK, but it can give you freedom from glasses and contacts all day. Huddleston and Shepard Family Vision will craft special, breathable contact lenses you wear while you sleep. These gently reshape the surface of your eyes, so when you wake up and remove the lenses, you can see clearly all day without glasses or contacts. It works for nearsightedness, farsightedness, and even astigmatism. If you've been told that you're not a candidate for LASIK vision correction, then OrthoK may help you spend your day 
days without glasses or contact lenses. Learn more today. Call 526-2022. That's 526-2022. Huddleston and Shepherd Family Vision on North Dixie Avenue. Online at cookvillevision.com. Eye care is their life, helping you make the most of yours. The arrival of warmer days will usher in spring cleaning. Open windows, sunshine, warm breezes, and uncontrolled sneezes. <laughs> Your home has been closed off for the cooler months and all that dust, pet hair and skin dander, pollen, lint, and those smells have been building up in your carpets, corners, and air ducts. Make your home more inviting for spring with a complete cleaning of allergens and germs with Coit. Cookville's expert cleaning service. From floor to ceiling, Coit makes everything come clean. Carpets and area rugs, hardwood floors to tile and grout. Those dusty drapes and blinds? <coughs> Coit cleans them all, even your air ducts and dryer vents, too. And all month long, Coit has 20% off all services. A happy home is a clean and healthy home, free from dust, dust mites, and so much more. Make the call for your free estimate. One call cleans it all. 372-0755 or visit coit.com. Coit, Cookville's expert cleaning service. Our special edition of the Upper Cumberland at 5 continues from News Talk 94.1, Light Rock 95.9, Rock 93.7, and 106.9 Kicks Country. Tomorrow we mentioned that we will be at several sites across the community giving you the chance to sign special cards to say thank you to our first responders across the area. We'll also bring you two specials tomorrow that uh, we hope will uh, speak to you in different ways. The first is called Healing, Recovering from a Tragedy. It uh, brings together many of our local clergy to talk about the process of healing and how to deal with the feelings that are involved. That program will air tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock on 106.9 Kicks Country. It will air tomorrow afternoon at 5 o'clock on Light Rock 95.9. That's followed by People, Stories from a Tragedy. A one-hour look back at some of the people that we have talked about during the course of this week. Their stories varied. We'll bring that to you again tomorrow across our stations. A Tennessee Tech information technology professor has found a unique way to assist residents affected by the tornado. His students will soon begin collecting data from storm-damaged computers. Doc Wells said he got the idea after receiving a phone call from a woman needing files recovered from her computer. So we thought, eh, we'll do that, and it'll give the kids, a, they are very excited about it because it's going to give them some real-world experience on data recovery uh, in our digital forensics class, and they're terribly excited, and, and the Meantime, the main thing is we get to help put people's lives back together. Beginning Monday at 9 a.m., residents can drop off damaged computers, tablets, or any anything with a hard drive at Johnson Hall. And Larry said this service being provided at no cost. And what was interesting when I spoke with Doc Wells not, not long ago, he said, you know, if it's wet, if it's been in the mud, we can get it off of there. And I found that remarkable. 
Um, and they're going to be doing this pretty much for an entire week, and they're going to collect all these items, and then spring break occurs for tech students. They're going to come back and continue working on getting that information from the folks. They've got a way to tag each computer, but I think it's a, just a tremendous idea and, of course, free of charge for these folks. Documentation will be a key as residents begin recovering from the tornado. Cookville attorney Henry Fincher says you need to take pictures and gather proper documentation as much as you can before the cleanup. The central means of most people's recovery is going to be their homeowner's policy. Most homeowner's policies will cover tornado damage, it's wind damage, and while every policy has its own variations, most of them will cover tornado damage. But the extent of that damage will need to be documented. Venture says it's also important to be careful of scammers as you seek help. So be real careful about whose help you accept, especially if they're wanting pay for it. Uh, check them out online. Check out their reputation. Don't hand over any money until you know who you're dealing with. And don't pay for uh, a completed job until the job is completed. Venture says before you accept the help of a contractor to rebuild, Make sure a contract is written with calculated charges and the timing of payments. Venture says residents should not take any extreme risk when they try to sort through the damage. The most important thing in any disaster recovery situation is safety first. Make sure to not go in where there might be power lines, uh, things falling down. Don't risk physical safety. Power of Putnam Anti-Drug Coalition has partnered with local florists in Cookville to help cover the cost of funeral flowers for victims of Tuesday storms. According to Bill Gibson with the Power of Putnam, the organization wanted to find a way to help the community in its time of need. We're always looking for things that we can do, looking for ways to, to try to help people in particular situations. And my wife, Amy, came up with the idea that a, a real need that people might have and in a way that we might pay respect as an organization and as a community is to help out with some of the uh, cost of the funerals or life celebrations. I think they just got on the phone and kind of threw the idea out to some florists, and it was pretty quickly received. The funeral homes uh, got on board, and so anytime there's, there's one of these um, people victims of the of the tornadoes that are you know receiving the services of local funeral homes they're going to let them know kind of what we're doing Florist partnering with power of putnam or gunnels florist able gardens and town and country florist for more information you can contact sarah blessing at power of putnam that number 520-7531 the first funerals and services will be held tomorrow across the upper cumberland a memorial service for Amanda Ann Cole, age 34, of Sparta, will be held at 1 p.m. tomorrow at Cumberland Heights Church of Christ in Doyle. The family will receive friends at the church from 10 a.m. until 1 tomorrow. The family of Jamie Loth Smith, age 36, of Cookville, will receive friends tomorrow from 1 until 4 at Oaklawn Funeral Home. Funeral services for Jessica Rector-Clark, age 31, of Cookville, will be held Sunday, 3 p.m. at Cumberland Presbyterian Church on 10th Street. The burial will follow in the Cookville City Cemetery. Visitation will take place Saturday from 3 until 8 at Cumberland Presbyterian Church. Funeral services for Joshua Perry Kimberlin, age 30, 
Natalie Aaron Kimberlin, age 29, and Sawyer Noble Kimberlin, age 2, all of Cookville, will be held Sunday, 3 p.m. in the Chapel of Crestlawn Funeral Home. The family receives friends from 3 until 6 on Saturday. Memorial services for Mrs. Thelma Sue Strong Kohler, age 54, of Cookville, and her husband, Todd Robert Kohler, will be held Sunday, 6 o'clock at the River Community Church. The family receives friends Sunday from 3 p.m. until time of service. Funeral services for Patricia Ann Lane, age 67, of Cookville, will be held Tuesday, 1 p.m. in the Cookville Chapel of Hooper, Huddleston, and Horner Funeral Home. The family will receive friends Monday from 4 until 8 p.m. and again Tuesday from 11 a.m. until time of service. The U.S. Postal Service has placed a hold on mail going to residents and businesses affected by the tornado. Cookville Postmaster J.C. Bird said the destruction has disrupted two delivery routes serving about 700 people. He said residents and business owners can pick up their mail at the South Willow Post Office. Bird said carriers will resume regular deliveries after emergency officials allow them to re-enter the damaged area. Businesses, more than 30 of them, destroyed by Tuesday's tornado. Williams Auto Sales is one of those. Co-owner Brian Williams says he soon won't forget the phone call that he received after 2 a.m. Tuesday morning. I started hearing the windows rattle and things like that, and of course the tornado sirens went off. Of course, I didn't think it was all that bad. When I actually went outside and looked, I could tell that it was just something different, you know, something I'd never seen before, and it, it passed right over us. Then at 2.30 a.m., he got the call. Williams Auto Sales, that had stood for so long at 1498 West Broad Street, had been leveled by that same tornado. Brian was in disbelief. I said it may have been damaged, but I'm sure it's, it's not leveled. I said it's a tough building, been there for tons of years, so it, it should still be standing. Let me check the cameras. He said, no, you don't understand. He said, they're saying it's completely gone. Williams and his general manager, Josh, walked through a field of debris to discover complete devastation. Uh, all that's left was the basement. Uh, it wiped out every single car we had. I mean, there's uh, not much left of it, you know. Not much left. All of the employees were safe and accounted for, and insurance will ease some of the financial loss. But the biggest impact on Brian and Williams' auto sales is what can't be replaced. The friends we've lost. So that, that's been the hardest thing on us is them. You know, it's really, we, we've, you know, been so thankful for all the thoughts and prayers our way about the shop and, and everything. But, uh, but really, that's, that's been the hardest thing is just the destruction to the community and to the people to our friends. Brian says there is one thing he has gained from the tragedy. A respect for storms. You know, I used to go outside and watch storms and I used to get excited uh, when a storm was coming. I never wanted anybody to be hurt, but I always liked watching lightning. And now if I hear a tornado warning or tornado watch, you know, it's, uh, it's take cover immediately. Williams says he sees a new building in the future for Williams Auto Cells, but it all begins with helping others recover. Grief and pick up the pieces first. We're, we're very excited to rebuild, but we've got to get through this first, you know. We've got to get through the grieving process. And there could be some silver lining in the business side of it, but right now we've got to, we've just got to get through the, the personal side of it and help our friends. That F4 tornado destroyed about 32 commercial businesses early Tuesday morning. A break and more of this extended edition of the Upper Cumberland at 5 coming up as it's now 6 o'clock. From Light Rock 95.9 WLQK, Livingston. 
News Talk 94.1, AM 1600, WUCT, all good. Rock 93.7 is WBXE, Baxter. And 106.9 Kicks Country is WKXD, Monterey. A break, and we continue here at 6 o'clock. You might think you have to go to Memphis. Spring arrives soon. That means you have one of two decisions to make. Let me guess, lose weight or buy bigger clothes? No, it means you're either selling or making improvements to your home. Every dollar you spend on improvements or extra touches increases the value of your home. It's an instant return on your investment at resale time. I'm Frank. And I'm Jay. At 1L Lee Moldings and Hardwoods, we supply the Upper Cumberland with fine quality lumber that can create a rustic look for any room. 1L Lee also specializes in custom, one-of-a-kind, made-to-order moldings for your design project. And if we can't find it, we'll make it. Breathtaking hardwood flooring for your living room, gorgeous paneling and siding for any wall or ceiling, one-of-a-kind doors, live-edge wood slabs, even 100-year-old hand-hewn beams, perfect for your fireplace. Whatever your vision is, 1LE can furnish it for less than you might imagine. Make your house breathtaking, no matter what your vision is. 1LE can furnish it all. Start imagining the possibilities today at 1LE Moldings and Hardwoods, 510 West Jackson in Cookville, online at 1LE.com. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. (coughs) And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Through April 16th, every day we'll have a dark and stormy night as Cumberland County Playhouse presents Clue, a new comedy. Based on the Paramount Pictures film and the Hasbro board game, Clue is a murderously funny mystery that will leave you breathless from suspense and laughter as you try to figure out who done it. Was it Colonel Mustard in the library with the wrench? Or Miss Scarlet in the dining room with the candlestick? What about Mrs. Peacock in the lounge with the lead pipe? Or maybe the butler did it. Don't miss Clue, live at the Playhouse. Rated PG and co-sponsored by the Beef and Barrel, Family Ties Restaurant, Venture Real Estate Services, and Cumberland County Bank, an office of Bank of Putnam County. Call 484-5000. That's 484-5000. Or visit ccplayhouse.com to get your tickets to Clue today. Showing now through April 16th. This ad is made possible by a generous media sponsorship from Cumberland County. Good evening, it's 6.03. I'm Larry Stone. I'm Rafferty Cleary. Partly cloudy skies tonight. Cold, a low in the middle 20s. Randy Porter calls it a possible turning point toward recovery. A Friday that got a lot of work done and saw a lot of uplift as President Donald Trump came to Putnam County. He was on the ground for about two hours visiting with those who had seen their homes destroyed by Tuesday morning's tornado. Progress also made on the electric front. The Upper Cumberland electric number now is down to 250 homes. 
Yeah, 250 outages left. Uh, it's slow now. They're replacing four to five poles and only picking up about two to five members when doing that. It's involving some single-phase primary service drops around uh, the south and north sides of Echo Valley Pool, McBroom Chapel, Plunkwitz, and those areas. And it's also slow because the linemen for Upper Cumberland Electric 15 to 17 hour shifts. The good news, though, in terms of Cookville Electric, zero without power at this time. And uh, Jimmy Gregory and his crews at UCEMC hoping to get everyone uh, back online by Monday morning. Volunteers will once, have been, once again be allowed into the Highway 70 corridor tomorrow. To sign up to volunteer, you must go to PutnamCountyTN.gov. That's PutnamCountyTN.gov. No one who has not gone through that process, will be allowed in the area. They're asking property owners to be on site by 8 o'clock to approve cleanup of their property. A curfew will be in effect until 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. That begins at 7 o'clock tonight. It does not apply to property owners. So far, the donations to the Cookville-Putnam County Tornado Relief Fund, more than $200,000. So many homeowners have already tried to get to deal with their insurance companies, and they found luck. A lot of people have already gotten some money. What kind of things do you need to look for after you have applied to your insurance company? We asked Swallows Insurance, Matt Swallows. And that's what's called a catastrophe. And most all companies, at least all the good, big, reputable companies, um, have what they call cat teams, catastrophe teams that travel around the country, and this is all they do. And it's sad that that happens that much, but they have teams dedicated to do this. So the next thing will be, I mean, folks will be en route to your location. I mean, within as quick as they can get it turned around. Uh, We had a couple of our company folks that were here on the ground at the site Tuesday, uh, not long after noon. You know, I mean, they were there. Um, they, a lot of times they'll come in regionally. Sometimes they just come in from Nashville or Knoxville. But we had groups that came in from Cincinnati, from Charlotte, North Carolina, from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We had them come in from all over the place. So they have teams dedicated to do that, and they're ready to walk up to your house or your or, or wherever the devastation is to talk to the homeowner, um, and they're ready to give them a check right there to at least maybe not for the full amount. Nobody really does for the full amount, but for a lot of it to help you go ahead and get somewhere safe. Get in a hotel, it uh, gives you money for a rental car, that gives you money to buy clothes, to buy, in our instance, I mean, some people just lost everything, Larry. So, I mean, toothbrush and toothpaste, you know, things that we take for granted. Um, they're there, uh, and I can't say they all get there that day, but they will be there uh, 24, 48 hours on site ready to meet you to uh, hopefully the good ones cut you at least a little bit of a check to help you get through the time. <laughs> is the process, uh, is there a difference between your home structure itself and the things that were inside it? There is, Larry. Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. Homeowners, insurance in general is very <clears throat> misunderstood, no doubt. Uh, but homeowners is one of those that's really misunderstood because everybody has to have this. Um, you have a limit on your policy, uh, and there's a limit for your dwelling is what they call it, which is your property, the actual house itself, the structure, the walls, the roof, the foundation. Uh, there's a limit on that. And then they have a limit for 
personal property uh, or what other people try to, you know, they, they think of as contents, but personal property. So there's a separate limit for that. So <clears throat> typically speaking, whatever your the limit for your home is, they take <clears throat> their, your personal property is going to be a percentage of that limit. And it's usually around 70, 75%. Um, of the limit for your dwelling will be the limit of your personal property. Uh, so those are two separate limits. So, uh, you know, in a case where the house is completely destroyed, uh, and I'm looking at a sample policy here, Larry, and the dwelling coverage was 287000 if it's completely destroyed, uh, and then the personal property is 75%, that's 201000 So So you add those two together, and that's that's what you come up with. So... Uh, you know, 287 for the physical structure, and then 201,000 for for all the personal property in there. Now, 70, 75 percent is in some instances a little bit excessive for personal property. Uh, a lot of times you don't get to that limit, but um, because you just don't have that much stuff. But I mean, if you have that much stuff, then that's that's covered. Matt Swallows of Swallows Insurance Company. The chainsaw, a necessity for clearing storm debris, an amazing tool. Also loud, extremely dangerous, and can be frightening if you've never used one before. So after the recent Upper Cumberland storms, you might need to use a chainsaw. How do you use it the right way? Meet Paul Gentry, owner of Gentry's Power Equipment. My wife owns Gentry's Power Equipment. I work for her. Or rather, employee of the family business. Either way, he's a man who knows his way around a chainsaw. Paul took the time to show us how to use a chainsaw the right way so you don't get hurt. First, know what you should wear for protection, including leather chaps, not unlike the ones you may have seen cowboys wear in the old westerns. If you don't have chaps, don't wait till you have an accident to purchase them. They'll protect you and possibly save your life. Same way with a hard hat. They have ear protection, eye protection. You know, when you're young, you don't think about it. When you get my age, you said, boy, my hearing's gone. wonder what happened to me. No reason to be scared. When you walk into Gentry's power equipment, just tell Paul you're a beginner. He'll get you the equipment that fits you and walk you through the basics. I, I try to start them with a small one. Before you start to use a saw, get familiar with the on-off, the brake, how a saw operates. Always use extreme caution. It's one of the most dangerous tools out here. You'll hear a lot about safety, too, especially when cutting into something for the first time. Since this isn't politics, kickbacks are never a good thing. Kickback potential is something that a lot of people don't realize with a saw. But if you cut through something or something over there and you hit it with a tip, it's coming back. And that's where most people get hurt. And look at whatever you're cutting. You know, if it's a if it's a limb and it's in a strain, cut a little and back off. Give it a chance to get out of that strain a little. And the important thing with trees is to go slowly so you don't get hurt when it splits or fights back. Barbering of a tree is something that a lot of people got killed. They'll start sawing into it, and it'll split out and come back on them. If you've got something down, look to see it ain't got a little sapling or something leaning over when you cut it, because when you cut it and that sapling's in a strain leaning over, it's coming back fast and hard. A lot of people get hurt that way using the saw. And Paul's final piece of safety advice, respect the chainsaw as if it were a living thing. You, you cannot be safe enough when you're using a saw. Right. Treat it like a rattlesnake, maybe you won't get bit. Gentry's Power Equipment. 
and so many of our local retailers with all the supplies that will be in heavy demand as we move through the weekend. Putnam County Landfill will be open from 8 until 5 tomorrow and Sunday, open seven days a week moving forward. If you are bringing debris and brush from the affected areas of the tornado, please make sure you check in with the Waymaster on duty. The county also released details today about how you need to separate your debris. The debris needs to be separated into six categories. Normal household trash, vegetative debris, logs, plants, tree branches, construction and demolition debris such as building materials, carpet, drywall, furniture, appliances and white goods such as dishwashers, freezers, refrigerators, stoves, electronics, computers, radios, stereos, televisions, and then household hazardous waste such as cleaning supplies and batteries, lawn chemicals, oils. The Putnam County Solid Waste Transfer Stations are also accepting normal or items they do not normally take. That includes food, furniture, clothes, metal fence wire, electronics, cooking oil, motor oil, hydraulic fluid, antifreeze, batteries, glass. That's in addition to items like cardboard, paper, and plastics. If you have sharps or needles, those need to be placed in heavy pl- plastic containers such as a detergent, milk, or bleach jug with the lid taped shut. Again, landfill open tomorrow from 8 until 5. This week's storm has left many of us dealing with the loss, but some in particular are dealing with the loss of a loved one. Murfreesboro's Scott Walker knows that feeling all too well. His wife passed away in a tornado that struck the Christiania community just a little more than a year ago. Walker says the first 48 hours posed the biggest challenge for someone trying to comprehend the sudden loss of life. First of all, you don't get any sleep. Um, you're going through a range of emotions, and a lot of the emotions may not even make sense because you're you're so you're shocked. I mean, it, it's it's you're just in total shock, disbelief that anything like this could have happened. Um, first of all, you're coming to grips with the fact that, you know, your house is gone, everything that you owned is destroyed. And then, on top of that, you're coming to grips with your wife died. And once you combine those two things, it's just, it's unreal. I mean, because no one would ever imagine that, you know, first of all, your house could be destroyed. And then second... Everything that you own is gone. And then third, somebody who's the same age as you pretty much and you grew up with is killed. I mean, none of it makes any sense. And it's going to be so confusing for so many people over those first 24, 48 hours. How how do you, you know, it's just, it's hard for me to talk about. I've never been through it. But how, how do you get up? you know, in the mornings? I mean, how do you move forward? What's the key to being able to do that? Well, I think the first couple of weeks, um, for me, because I had kids, that that was the big thing. You know, I, I, I can't just lay here. You know, I, I've got to get up. I've got to, you know, do X, Y, Z, you know, and there's so much to do as well. And that's that's a whole other issue. But you have to just keep moving. I mean, if that means 
all right, kids, we're going to go to McDonald's right now, then you do it and you make yourself do it because if you slow down for even a day and you just start to think about everything that's happening, then you're really hurting yourself in the very beginning. Uh, and I know it sounds crazy because everybody's going to tell you, oh, t- take time off, stop, you know, just stop for a second. But in reality, I couldn't just stop doing everything I was doing because that's where you get lost. I mean, that that's where it really brings you down to the point of making it really hard on yourself to ever get back up. So you got to keep pushing forward no matter what. You know, we're a little more than a year after you went through the, the experience in Christiana um, with losing your wife in, a, in an F2 tornado. Do you still find yourself today, I mean, just trying to move quickly, trying to keep life going and so you don't get those down points? Yeah, and, and you know, when you're talking about months and months after it all happens, I'm not saying that me continuing to push forward and, you know, keep busy, I, that's not necessarily the right way to heal, to stay busy. Um, but it is the right way to heal when you factor in you're still doing life. I, I mean, you're, you're still there for the kids. You're still, I mean, for example, my, my daughter cheers, um, and she, she made the cheer team after my wife passed away. Uh, and after my wife died, my son, he, he went to boot camp in the Army, and he's, he's now stationed in California. So there is life definitely after so much destruction. But I really, I, I think me pushing forward and me making sure that the kids had some type of normalcy even the following week, and it's hard to say normalcy after only a week, but you have to try to get to some point where there is some type of normalcy. Otherwise, the kids are going to be in chaos, and kids won't admit it, but they look to their father, their their mom. They look to parents for leadership on how to live. So you, you have to keep moving forward no matter what, and that's still true today. I mean, if... I mean, gosh, I, I could easily get down on my thoughts any day. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I think anybody could. But if I do that, and if I get to that place where I'm just not leaving the house, then I'm only hurting, first of all, myself, but I'm also hurting the kids in a huge way. Is there a healing? When does the healing process start? I mean, I'm sure this is different for everyone, but I mean, you mentioned 24 hours and the first couple of weeks are just yeah, a blur is basically how you're describing it to me. I mean, is there a point where, you know, that healing process starts, so to speak? I think there's healing that's taking place without you even realizing it. You know, I, I think after, you know, the funeral, after you're able to find a new place to live. I think after those big, big things, I think healing starts without you even realizing it, you know? So um, that could be six months after everything happens or it could be four months after everything happens. But once you start making decisions like, okay, we need to find a house, we need to get out of this apartment complex, we need to get out of wherever you are temporarily, 
you need to find somewhere permanent. And I think that's when the healing starts is when you're able to start saying, all right, this is concrete. This is what we're doing. This is where we're going to live. I think it's at that point you're able to start healing a whole lot easier because people need something concrete in their life. I mean, you need to know where you're going to rest your head at night. It doesn't need to feel temporary. And that's the same for sure for the kids. They've got to know that this is my bedroom and this is my bedroom, you know, in the next 10 years or, or whatever the case may be. But you have to find those things in your life that are going to be concrete and that are going to be there for years to come because you just lost everything. I mean, you lost your bedroom. You lost your favorite pillow. I mean, everything that you can imagine is gone. So you've got to start getting that stuff back into your life, starting over, knowing that, all right, this is the new me. This is the new life. This is this is what I'm going to come to know. But I think it's after you start doing those things that you can start to feel like you're healing. Scott Walker is with us. He is the uh, president of WGNS News Radio in Murfreesboro. Uh, a little more than a, a year ago, um, experienced uh, an F2 tornado that uh, killed his wife, uh, left his two children without their mother. Uh, Scott, your advice to the families of the 18 <clears throat> folks who have been a victim of the tornadoes that, that swept through uh, Cookville, uh, the Cookville area, what's your advice to them? Um, you know, we're just a little over 24 hours. If they could hear you right now, what what could you possibly say to them? I would say for the surviving families who may be lost, a family member, and maybe, you know, that family lost everything and maybe there's still a, a husband or a wife that's still living that didn't get killed in the tornado, I would say for their family and friends around them, make sure that you don't you don't talk about it too much, but yet at the same time you need to talk about it a little. In other words, don't let your conversations, when you see that surviving family member or friend, don't let your conversations be only about the loss and the tornado. you got to let it also be about things that are going on in life in general. And, you know, something else that I would say... I didn't go back to my house where the devastation was for probably at least 30 days. Uh, I just couldn't. And I wanted to keep my kids away from there, too, even though they had asked, you know, hey, can we go back to the house and just see it? And at some point, I think for some people, that healing of seeing that house in destruction, you know, half of it in a field, whatever it is, I think that offers some closure, but at the same time, it hurts too. But it took me a good 30 days just to go back out there and to kind of look through some of the debris to see if I can find family pictures or, um, you know, just things that had been in our family. Uh, But it took a while to actually do that, and in those 30 days where I didn't do that, other people had gone out there and they had stolen stuff other people had got out there and they had taken things that they thought, yeah, it'll be okay if I take this because, you know, I was related to his wife. Well, that doesn't make it okay. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> everything that was in our house, those were things that we bought over the years or we built over the years. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't give anybody the right to go in there and just take it, even if they feel like, 
oh, it's okay if I do this, because it's not okay. And that was one of the biggest, I guess, issues that I had later. I didn't have an issue with that the first probably six months or so. But six months to a year after everything happened, that's when you start to have these angry feelings like, oh, I can't believe that so-and-so went in there and took X, Y, Z, whatever it may be. Um, Or you go to their house and you see something of yours hanging on the wall. It's just such, that's where the anger starts to creep in. So I would say for family members, be careful not to go to your son's house, your dad's house, whoever's house it may be if they were killed in a tornado. Don't go there and take stuff. And if you do take stuff, then make sure you give it back to them six months, a year down the road. Because in the very beginning, for me and my kids, we didn't want a single thing out of the house that was left over from the tornado. It was just too hard to take anything back. And I think family members and friends took that as, well, we're just going to keep it then because you said you don't want it, even though they don't vocally say that. But the reality of it is you're not in a place to say, mm-hmm. I don't want this or I don't want this. So I would say that's, that's one of the big things for families and friends of those who were lost in this tragic event to remember don't go to their house and start taking stuff and if you do definitely don't hang it up in your house and think it's okay for you to keep because that stuff hurts scott walker leads wgns radio in murfreesboro he knows very well the feelings that so many in our region are dealing with this friday night like the family of four-year-old hattie collins who passed away tuesday hattie's father was matt collins He is the youth minister at College Side Church of Christ. He's also a member of the Short Mountain Bible Camp Board of Directors. Board member Mark Williams says Matt was a big fan of his little girl. Hearing the loss that his family is suffering uh, really, really was heartbreaking for me. And I know the uh, pain that he and his family must be feeling, and my heart goes out to them during this time. So, um... Of course, he's talked about how much he loves her. He talks about how much she meant to his family. Of course, he's mentioned that he felt like she was his little princess and that she meant the world to him. 34-year-old Amanda Cole passed away Tuesday morning. Her longtime classmate, Derek Zuashkiani, says although they had moved away from each other after high school, they still kept in touch. Uh, She was um, just the sweetest person, I think, I may have ever met in my entire life, uh, constantly happy, always had a smile on her face, always tried to make sure that everyone else was taken care of, um, very encouraging, uh, always very, very proper friends. She was just a, a wonderful, wonderful person. And uh, again, like I said, if, if she cared about you, you knew it. Amanda worked as a nanny and had a close relationship with Dawson Curtis, Dawson, six to seven years old, was one of the tornado victims. Amanda lost her life protecting Dawson from the storm. 67-year-old Patricia Lane, a victim of Tuesday's tornado. She used to be neighbors with Elizabeth Dawn at the Echo Valley Apartments. The two had known each other for more than a decade. And then compassionate towards others. She liked to always help people and just bless them with things. She was always volunteering at her church and doing dinners and things whenever they would need uh, help. She would always help them, and 
many of the other people that lived in the apartments next to her, she got close to them also, and, and she would give us all gifts for our children. So she just really liked to bless people. Dawn says Patricia Lane was a dedicated Christian who attended the College Side Church of Christ and was always inviting people to events that the church would host. Again, beyond the numbers, some of the faces of the 18 people who lost their life in Tuesday's tornado. Let us update you on some of the things that are available to you. We remind you that the Cookville Community Center is set up giving supplies to people in need. They have package donations, everything from baby items to clothes, food, blankets, pillows. They're located at 240 Carlin Avenue. That's next to the Avery Trace School, and they're happy to help you. You see Fieldhouse at Burgess Falls Road having a dodgeball tournament tomorrow. All the entry fees are going for storm victims. Uh, Store Smart offering a free month of storage to all storm victims. They're at 610 South Jefferson Avenue at Store Smart. Jefferson Avenue Church of Christ has resources for tornado victims. The Churches of Christ Natural Disaster Center sent a tractor trailer of uh, food, diapers, personal hygiene items, clothing, and water. It's available again at Jefferson Avenue Church of Christ. Uh, the Hope's Bridge of Middle Tennessee is also working through Jefferson Avenue Church of Christ. Stephen Street Baptist Church, if you need supplies, call. They are willing to send someone to pick you up or deliver what is needed. All you need to do is call their Tornado, tornado Relief Hotline at Stephen Street Baptist Church. That number is 310-9263. That's 310-9263. Cornerstone Elementary School is partnering with the Compassion Ministries out of Knoxville. They'll be bringing a tractor trader of supplies with linens, cleaning products, toiletries, food, and more. That's Cornerstone Elementary with that. Big Tony's Pizzeria serving a free meal for all individuals affected by the tornado Sunday from 1 until 4 p.m. That is the latest that we have on the tornado, that uh, the cleanup continues. Uh, It has been a very, very difficult week for the entire Upper Cumberland, but it appears, as Randy Porter said, that we've turned a bit of a corner today. And the work will continue this weekend with warmer temperatures, sunshine, and, of course, daylight saving time that begins on Sunday, which will add more time for those who are in need of work. We remind you that we will be out tomorrow across all of our stations with cards, giant cards for you to sign to thank the first responders who did so much in those hours, so many of them, over the course of two and three days while the search and rescue was going on. We'll start tomorrow morning from 9 until 11 at Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive. We'll also be at the Walmart on South Jefferson. We encourage you to stop by while you're out and busy and sign the card and add your thanks to the story. Also tomorrow, we present Healing, Recovery from a Tragedy, as we bring together local ministers to help minister to you, not just those that have lost loved ones in the storm, but all of us who are asking why and wondering how something like this could happen. That program will air tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock on 106.9 Kicks Country. It will also air at 5 o'clock tomorrow afternoon on Light Rock 95.9. It will be followed by a one-hour special as we reintroduce you to many of the people that we have talked to during the course of this week and hope to tell you their stories. People, stories from a tragedy. 
That again airs at 6 o'clock tomorrow night on Light Rock 95.9 and at 12 noon tomorrow on 106.9 Kicks Country. For Rafferty Cleary, I'm Larry Stone. We will, of course, be with you throughout the weekend. Should information warrant, we'll bring it to you as soon as possible across our stations. But for now, we say good night. It's 632.